Ew. Smells like it's time for another Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Good luck, studio. Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Oh, there's going to be some drama ahead. All I wanted was a pie. And then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. Hello. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it is it deep? Is it deep? Oh boy, he said all that shy is right. Blimey, Governor, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Hello, Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? I'm right. Yes. So what's this episode going to be about? Well, um, it's going to be a music episode, but uh, a little bit different to some of the music episodes we've done. We're going to be talking about a particular era of music, um, particularly one that uh, uh, was big in the UK in the sort of mid-ish nineties. Uh, um but some of those bands were very big and did have a hit or two uh over in America and in other countries too of course. Yeah we're gonna be talking about Britpop. We're gonna have Callum here, we're gonna have Harry here and uh, we're gonna be doing some quizzes, some Britpop quizzes, Callum and I. So uh yeah it, it's busy. So let's run that theme music and when we come back we'll get Brit popping. Yes. Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> yes, but it's a positive thing, Paul. The High Life, the Shy Life. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. I mean, I'll, I'll go anywhere for a potato. Delicious. Hello, campers. How are you? You quite like a big bang, don't you? Oh, yippee. Go Shy Yeti. Oh, I hope he hasn't found out my secret. Do you think he has? I love the Yeti's test. It's my favourite thing. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Yeah, I, I'm strangely drawn to Yeti Uncle John's ankles as well. <laughs> I could eat more body weight in crisps <laughs> every day. Has anyone seen my hot sausage? It's all gooey and meaty. Yum, 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 yum. It's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Marvellous. Marvellous, Paul. Hi there. Oh, Paul, uh, you must tell me, when was it that Britpop was most big? Well, um, Cromarty, uh, it was it was kind of big. I mean, it's one of those phrases that some of the bands that were uh, included under the Britpop banner, they weren't that happy about being included, but... Uh, we won't mention the bands now because they'll come up in the conversations and in the chats. And there were lots of bands that were like quite big ones. And then there were ones that were medium sized bands who did well in the UK, but maybe not overseas. Um, and then there were some very small bands. And uh, um, you asked a question. Um, bands like Suede, who, um, you know, don't consider themselves really to be Britpop, but are included uh, because they really kind of are. Um they they were having their first hits in sort of was it 92 or well, 93 for sure 
Bands like Manic Street Preachers, again, who probably don't consider themselves Britpop, they were around in the very early 90s and Blur as well, uh, the Charlatans. It's weird that there's a club that nobody wants to be part of. Um, and yet, uh, in a way, the fact that those bands were grouped together has probably given them a longevity long after a lot of them disbanded and then a lot of them came back together. And in the same way that 80s bands often sort of tour together now, um, I'm sure there are a number of Britpop bands who also tour together. Um, so who's to say if, whether it was a name that helped or hindered them? But uh, anyway, the really big year of Britpop was probably 95, because that was the Blur versus Oasis business. Um, but then a lot of bands, there were sort of different waves of Britpop, you know, bands that sort of were formed because Britpop had become sort of uh, uh, popular. I mean, I, I guess the word pop is also sort of not quite right, because a lot of these bands were probably more indie bands. I mean, I, I I say that, and I often kind of say, I don't see any difference between rock and pop. It's all, if there's a catchy chorus, then it's all the same thing to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, bands like the Spice Girls and... Uh, uh, All Saints and and other British pop bands were beginning to emerge by the time that Britpop bands were becoming less popular. Um, but, you know, there's a big difference between Oasis and the Spice Girls, kind of, yeah. But there were a lot of female-fronted Britpop bands, so, yeah, it, it, it was certainly more spiky than the sort of pop that you'd say that... Uh, Spice Girls did, or or whatever. Um, yeah, it is more rock, really. Perhaps it's something called Brit Rock. I don't know. Anyway, Robert, does that answer your question? I think so, Paul. So basically, a lot of this Brit pop was going on during the time you were recording Sutton Park. That that is very true. But yeah, I mean, you can often hear me playing uh, music, Brit pop music, in the background, or I refer to bands, or you get a clip of Top of the Pops or Break Up a Scene. So yeah. Uh, Sutton Park was very much uh, that sort of era, sort of before, during and after. Um, but uh, because that was the music I was really into when I was making the show. And I started going to gigs, um, firstly with my friend Kerry, then later with um, my friend Darren, and then when I met Callum, with Callum, and um, also sometimes with um, our friend Julie. So, so yes. Uh, well, Paul, I think I understand. I I uh, I think I was so busy having my own traumas to, to play too much music, but I would have heard the music you were playing. That's right, you would have done. Anyway, right, well, let's move on. I'm not sure where we're going to go first. Probably a bit of a, a chat uh, with Harry, then maybe some quizzes with Callum. If I don't stick to that format, then, then, then don't blame me. Paul, we won't blame you. I don't think it matters which order it all comes. No, you're right, but uh, anyway. Right, let's go. Uh, let's uh, move on into the episode and let's uh, discuss the uh, the musical phenomena that was Britpop. Yes, here we go. Oh, this is very exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to this, Paul. <laughs> yes, yes. So 
Callum, we went to lots of gigs around the time of Britpop. Well, kind of. We saw bands that were associated with Britpop, even if they didn't like being called Britpop bands. Yeah, I can't remember when um, Britpop actually started. Can you remember? Well, it was already sort of well into it. 94 ish. Yeah. It was not 95, I didn't know you yet. And I did go to some bands like Elastica and Pulp and uh, and then I went to Garbage the first time before I met you in early 96 mm. and then we met in the middle of 96 uh, um, but the first thing we went to together was that was that salad in Reading the first gig we went to oh, oh, well I wasn't sure if it was out of Frente was another one that was a very mm. early gig that we went to wasn't it yeah, because my sister was still living in um, in London. Yeah. Um, well, and, and uh, salad. they Brit. <laughs> no, salad was a bit was weird because I think we I felt like we hadn't really got we weren't quite sure how we were going to go to it. Or we thought we just couldn't go to it because it was too far to get there and back. And yeah. Although we later went to we stayed we stayed with my great aunt in Reading at that at that point. It was so new an idea um, that I didn't even know whether she'd be okay with having other people she didn't know. Mm. Uh, and I think it was because somebody in the house I lived in said that they fancied the singer from Salad and and would be happily would happily take take us. Um, so I think that's the only reason we got to go to that one. Really, was that guy? Um, I can't remember his name. It was such a fun time. I seem to remember you got. Didn't you go and see Placebo as well? Did you get driven to Placebo? Or have I misremembered that? I don't know. I was thinking because I was watching the Top of the Pops um, review of 1997 last night, and I I was kind of thinking, yeah, did I see them? Did I not see them? Yeah, it's not one that sticks in my mind if I did see them. I I like songs. I definitely didn't, but I think you might have done. I like songs by them, but. I think I, I don't feel like I liked them enough to go and see them, but I might be wrong. Or if somebody said, do you want to go? Um, maybe I did. Um, but then I don't remember being driven to the gig and driven back, but that may have, it may have happened. I just yeah, can't remember. I don't remember being yeah. driven either, but there's, I know he was, he was a factor in us. I have got, yeah, I've got vague memories of there being another person. And I can remember we went to, I know we went to see sleeper at the end of 96 with julie uh with our friend julie not your sister julie but mm. our friend julie and i remember it was 96 because i think i'd recorded sutton park every day of the year for about two to three years and the day we went to see sleeper i'd forgotten to record before i'd gone to work because it would have been a bit of a rush and i forgot we wouldn't be getting back until after midnight probably and so I mucked up my record with filming in a row. Uh, but I'm sure that was the end of 96. Um, but, um, but overall, we saw Manic Street Preachers, although I know they're a bit funny about being called Britpop, possibly. Um, but that was that was later on. That was in a much bigger venue. That was Reading again. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't call them Britpop. They're one of those bands who kind of missed the central point of, because it was the Holy Bible and then everything must go. And the Holy Bible was like 94, I think. And... Um, Everything must go was like 96, so it kind of didn't. They also weren't mm. a bit like 
think a bit like Suede, they kind of missed the central point of Britpop because Dogman Star came out in about 94 and, and then Coming Up came out in about 97, 96, 97. Deals, come and join us. You want to talk about Britpop? You do. You love Britpop. It's your favourite. You're always telling me it's your favourite grumpy old thing. Um, we, we we saw Garbage in Reading, but that was quite big. And, and Garbage, I don't know whether they count as Britpop anyway because they were a bit later. Come on. Yes. Hey, well so we, we saw a lot of quite smaller, sort of later wave of Britpop bands like um, the Candy Skins, who I definitely say were a kind of Britpop band in that style. Yeah. Um, Indie. Um, and, um, oh, I've forgotten that, the na- name of the band now. Uh, <laughs> Are you building up to the most obvious Britpop band that we saw a lot that you have mentioned? Well, Shed Seven. <laughs> Seven. I spoiled the big reveal. Yeah, we saw them. We saw them. When was the earliest we saw them? Um, well, probably, I can't remember when, but it would have been one of the Guildford Civic Hall ones, I thought. And he had his big maracas. He did. And uh looked shocked. They're maracas, too. They sh- they're shaky noises. We did go and see them at a small place in Camden as well. I remember. The Barfly. I think they're into their, into this, they're into the second album by then. Um, I would have thought so because because things like Going to Gold were from the second album and that, that was probably earlier than we so they might have been getting on for their third album by the time we saw mm. or somewhere between the two we saw Teenage Fan Club a lot and um, and uh, but whether they whether they count as Britpop I guess they they were on the Creation record label yeah they were they, they, I would count them they're um, indie I was trying to think of that what was that the band where we like the first album and then they came back with a second some second songs and they changed the style and they started performing the f- songs uh the one about the play play Cosmic but, rough riders uh i'm thinking i was thinking of of what well, they had a song named after a playing company oh um straw straw yeah they were kind of brit poppy style they were kind of that sort of thing obviously we saw squeeze and we saw glenn tilbrook I guess they they, they they existed a long time before they existed a long time before Britpop, but they kind of are the template for a lot of Britpop bands. Yeah, but then Suede, yeah, they don't like being called it. Blue tones, blue tones. Yeah. Even if he is disgraced now, yeah, it wasn't when we went Supergrass. We saw, I think I only saw. We one, did. You'd seen them already seen them before. They were the first band I I saw sort of in 95 and um i never saw echo belly i don't think um i'm trying to think well we saw bis but bis probably aren't they're just weird yeah <laughs> i mean we saw a lot of pulp we saw, we saw yeah i mean we saw pulp again um well that one I final gigs. In, yeah we saw them or did we was it or was it when they came back and did a charity or did we see them twice did we see them twice oh, I can't, uh, I can't I remember. We saw was that I thought we saw the We Love Life album, was it? Uh, I thought we saw, well, maybe we saw them three times, or, or you saw them twice. twice You'd already see, you, you saw I'd them seen, when there was. Then didn't we see them at the Royal Albert Hall much later for some charity thing with your sister, maybe? Don't uh, think so. I, I, maybe I, I saw, think it was, Bricks, it was Brixton Academy. <coughs> that, um, I think I saw them at the Royal Albert Hall with somebody for one of the, chari- one, one of the charity ones when they came back. Um, Catatonia was another one. Catatonia. Um, and Radiohead. Again, they kind oh, of yeah. existed. I think Radiohead is possibly 
one of the biggest bands that I saw, the biggest venues I saw a band in, because I never saw Oasis or Blur in any venue. So mm. uh, I remember we had to have opera glasses to see Radiohead. Well, I probably was into Radiohead uh, enough at that time, but I think I fell out of love with them because when they started being more experimental. Yeah. Would you say um, Travis was? Yeah, they were kind of, they were kind of bit poppy or something, or late, all sort of. And famously, we, we saw Manson quite a few times, and we as a support band, mm. they they're definitely um, bit pop. And we and we saw Morrissey a lot before he became insufferable, but but then he was a. He, he goes through various different genres. My life story. Well, I saw them quite recently. Mm. Um, wet I mean, leg. <laughs> you haven't seen wet leg. No, um, but they're under they're under Britpop. No, um, Kaiser so, Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, Amy Mann wasn't Britpop because she's she's American, <laughs> but she was working in the studio that I'm with Stupid album from ninety four or five whatever it was um she was making it in the same studio as the oasis was making one of their albums uh-huh. and she made it over here and she made it with glenn tilbrook involved <laughs> powder me 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 we didn't see me 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 did we no <laughs> we didn't do any gigs <laughs> i'm just reading through uh it wasn't useful though lush you saw lush didn't you I saw Lush, yeah, when they would, I, I saw Lush when they were in their Britpop phase because their mm. stuff before Britpop was much more shoegazy and then they decided that it was better to do uh, sort of more jolly songs. Mm. The Charlatans. Did we see the Charlatans? I felt yes, like we, we should did. We did. Mm. Oh, we saw... Um, uh, super furry animals at least once if not yeah yeah but they, they were kind of they didn't really sound like Brit pop bands so they sounded like nobody else really um, they, they had good tuned deals yeah um, but so yeah anyway we saw quite a lot of Brit pop or Brit pop associated bands some of them big some of them small and also we saw um again not a brit pop band but definitely a big british band uh, we saw duran duran when they oh, yeah. did that when they did their reef there when they reformed in the mid noughties so and that was one of the only times i've been to see a band where i felt like i was seeing even though they were long past their prime it felt like i was seeing a famous some famous people like seeing Simon Le Bon on stage it was like they're like a really famous person do us mm, Blondie as well Blondie that was weird we saw Blondie but it was half and half with In Excess but not 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 In Excess when Michael Hutchins was alive yeah yeah um, who was being the vocalist then I think at that time it was the guy from um, Noiseworks I can't remember his name but mm. Um, John have... Bryan or something, what's his name? It um, wasn't the guy from the reality quiz program anyway, the, the uh, reality competition. We saw we saw the what JJ the, thingy. And we saw the Wonder Stuff and Voice of the Beehive on the same 
but voice um neither of them are quite Brit pop bands, although um wanted stuff had were sort of just before um Britpop. John Stevens. Mm. Um, um, it was two, 2000 to 2003. Um, he's 60 year old now. Okay, nearly as old as you. Anyway, thank you for. Uh, I think we, we, if we're not careful, we'll be talking about loads of other bands. Who else did we say? Uh, so, oh, we saw them. Um, they're not really Britpop, but, you know, uh, Ben and Sebastian, you know, they have. They sort of started, they were sort of around, but they don't really fit into any particular. They're kind of like themselves, tales. Anyway, better stop because we never stop. We don't stop. What we do? We've got Harry here. Um, this episode has been about Britpop, and Harry was well, I knew Harry around the time of Britpop. And although Harry, your, your taste in music is very much Shakespeare's sister, Shakespeare's sister, and Marcella Detroit, mm. but there were aspects of Britpop that you liked oh. that I introduced yeah, you to, absolutely. and you heard yourself. Yes, so um, I guess um, the biggest love was um, Pulp. Yeah. Um, because uh, although you had played um, Oasis to me, um, I didn't initially um, uh, get into Oasis at all. I just, I don't know what it was. The uh, because I think you'd played. Is it the track cigarettes and alcohol? Or was that that? Oh, it might have, that, that's that's a, a single, but uh, there was an earlier single. I remember playing and saying, oh, this is going to be a hit. Yeah. And now, you see, that is a, is a... And I can say that that is a good song now. When I first heard it, it was just so messy um, and uh, loud. And I couldn't really discern anything in it. Um, so I didn't think very much of it. Uh, and so for some time, I didn't really uh, get into Oasis, but I did later. I think sometimes you... You have to develop a certain ear for certain things, or maybe you develop a sort of a sympathy for a certain musician or band, and then you're listening more carefully and you pick up on stuff. There's also a lot of difference between the lyrics of a pop song and the lyrics of an Oasis song. Oh, big time. Oasis song is very mainstream and generic yes, and almost, and pop is talking about the minutiae of relationships or hiding in a cupboard to watch your yeah. watch your sister well actually a lot of it is quite pervy to be, yeah. actually to be honest I mean I, but it wasn't necessarily that that if, 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 if anything actually the, the lyrics were sort of sometimes a little bit off-putting because <laughs> it meant that you could, I, I'd sort of say to if you listen to the melody it's incredible the, the, there's some wonderful melodies in Paul 
Um, but the, some of the lyrics can be pretty off-putting, and there's no You'd want to think, oh, I'd love to, you know, Dad, Dad you could listen to this song. And, we go, and Dad actually did quite like um, Common People, for example. But then there's some lyrics in Common People which are actually pretty off-putting. Um, um, there's, there's, some of the grittiness of it is quite... Um, is fine and but, but actually you know you sort of think you know if he wasn't writing songs you, you'd want to put him in prison really to be honest it's, it's quite pretty what, what other Britpop bands did you like Blur any of Blur's I did I did like Blur I was, I was very much into Blur and I probably it, Blur, 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 Blur was once again it was quite sort of messy I remember the is it uh, Girls and Boys or something yeah uh, which was, uh, I, I, I liked it, but I thought it was pretty infantile and a bit messy. Uh, and then he then went a little bit, I guess, a little bit more sort of mainstream with some of his music. I have to say that I probably did like that actually a bit more. Um, some of that sort of stuff that he did. Um, I'm trying to think of to, uh, to the end. Do you remember that song? Yeah. To the end. I, I really like that song. He also there's a, a French language version of To the End, which oh, yeah, actually cool. uh, goes extremely well. Uh, I quite like the Universal. I think that's quite a, a nice sort of song. Country House was the number one, but it's not my favourite. No, I don't like because that's House, very no. that's very sort but of mainstream. That, 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 that they did that rip hop for with Country. Yeah. Was it Country House and what was the Roll well with it? They're both awful songs, actually. Yeah. yeah, they're both pretty. I mean, they're all um, sing along songs, mm. but they are very uh, what's the word uh, tired in a way. Um, uh, very off the shelf. The uh, Blur sort of changed their style uh, and went slightly more American with things like Song 2. And Song 2 wasn't too bad though, but, but when, when Song 2 first came out, you sort of thought, what, what the hell's going on? But Song 2 actually isn't too, too bad a song. Um, and also when they went in and uh, started the, the other collaboration, which is the Gorillas. Yeah. Uh, there are some of those songs are is it Clint Eastwood is that one of the songs it's quite good that was um, good as one yeah yeah so um, yeah so some of the Gorilla stuff was um, I, I quite liked um, so yeah I think Damien Albarn is, an, uh, is amazing actually I think he's uh, he's a real genius um, uh, especially if you sorry, if you do songs like To The End if you listen to some of the other embellishments that are put through it you sort of think how how did he choose those but they work so well with the song um, what about other bands you, I think remember you're liking some Sleeper yep Sailor Century was nice. Sailor Century was good yep I like that Echo Belly oh I love Echo good Belly thing, good uh, things good things uh, actually, King of the Curve. King of the Curve. Yeah. That I was the second. That was the um, start of the century for Sleeper and King of the Curve for Echo Belly. They were their second albums, but they're the albums that were more popular than their first albums. But I really knew them from their first albums because that was when I was starting to go to gigs. And Kerry and I used to always go to HMV or Virgin on a Monday. Um, after after lectures to see what new singles. I don't were. know who the lead singer in Echo Belly was, but she had a really great voice. Sonia Madden, I think. Her oh, name really? Was. Okay. Really great voice. 
Then there are people that were sort of almost like second wave of Britpop, like Catatonia. Um. I quite like Catatonia. Um, it, she was quite Welsh. She, was she became more Welsh as it went yeah. on. She sort of played, seemed to almost play up. Play, the first album, um, I think, perhaps. So, what's the song that I'm thinking of then with Catatonia? Because um, I am thinking of a song, I'm thinking of certain lyrics. Road Rage? Yeah, Road Rage, yeah. It's all over the front page, yeah, you give yeah. me Road Rage. But there's yeah. some singles off the first album, Sweet Catatonia, and You've Got a Lot to Answer For, which were minor hits, which I, that's what got me. Was there a like. song that was um, Dead from the Waist Down or something? Yeah, it was quite yeah. sad, really. Yeah. There, there were quite a few. There the was Super Furry Animals? Oh, well, like one or two of those. Super Furry Animals are. are are very very good. Um, there, there's some of their songs are, I think, perhaps more mainstream and more accessible, and I um, and I got into them. I, I I feel like it's another thing like Oasis is that if I if I had the key to properly understanding them, I would probably like them a lot more than I do. Um, and there. That there were there were so, there were so many bands and and also bands that then co- saw what was popular and and, and copied them, um, mm. but I think it was I found it quite exciting because suddenly the bands the bands that weren't necessarily traditional pop bands, um, the, the indie bands were actually having top ten hits. Who, who did the um, Hey Dude one? Um, Kula Shaker. Oh, Kula Shaker, yeah. I quite like Kula Shaker because they brought in Indian music um, into the into pop music, which is nice. I actually like the fact that, um, for a change, the underground music wasn't an underground, it was overground. Underground, overground, one bling free. Uh, but, uh, oh, well, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, he didn't really go to many... No, I mean, I can tell you the gigs that I've been to, um, uh, because I've only been to, I think, probably two in my life. One was Morrissey, which was incredible, really incredible. Uh, he was he was amazing. Um, but it, it was a, he was clearly a physically exhausting uh, performance for him, because he, he had to change shirts yeah. um, halfway through the... Um, the performance um, and I know that he's problematic in so many ways but clearly another one who's a, a real genius and uh, um, so yeah Morrissey and then obviously I saw Shakespeare's sister he does depend I think Morrissey does depend a bit on the people he's writing with I think he hasn't exactly progressed, progressed musically in the last 25 years quite possibly but uh, um, you know and it obviously can be quite problematic and, um, he, he had um, completely banned um, animal products from the venue that he was gigging in which you know that's basically his choice that's the environment that he feels comfortable in um, but it goes shows the lengths that people will go to um, when they're at that, that sort of stage in their career. But anyway, it was an interesting time for music and a lot of people sort of came in and out of... You know, people like Suede and Managing Creatures and even Blur to some extent existed before Britpop 
but it didn't necessarily harm their chart positions. Um, yeah, Main Street Pieces is another good example of another band I really quite liked. Um, yeah, they've been around for a while before Britpop, but yeah. they did have a very successful album in 96, so probably benefited off the back of it. Suede had a very... Had to, uh, uh, around the same time, although they'd been available around before, had a very successful album. Would, around you, say the time. Are, 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 would you say that Suede are Britpop? Or? Yeah, they don't like the, they don't really like that term, but a lot of them don't li- like that term. But, well, but, but, but it like probably them. did help them sell them some records. Right. I mean, I, I like Suede quite a bit. It's got happy memories for me. Yeah. And even. Um, the, the album that they had out in like 98 or 99 around the time we were going to pop stars they always played um, that song Electricity which was the lead single off, off that album yeah. and then they play like other songs from the previous album like Beautiful Ones and, oh and, that's uh, a great song yeah uh, then yeah they have been around it's sort of like some really fantastic music. Um, yeah. Anyway, thank you very much. Here's the first Britpop quiz. It's from... I can't vouch for any of these. Uh, some of the, Britpop's some still of them. going on. Is what? Is Britpop What's still going on or is it finished? Mm-hmm. Well, I, mean, I don't think... it's. I think maybe that's considered very much a 90s thing. I mean, technically it possibly is, but... Um, uh, yes, it says... Think you know Britpop? Test your knowledge of the 90s UK pop rock scene. Uh, pop rock. Can't even. That's okay. Start quiz. What? Oh, yes. Um, okay. Question. Oh, it's 10 questions. As always, we'll start off. Oh, no, that's them saying that. Blur had a massive hit in 1994 with which song? Park Life, Thug Life, Herb Life. <laughs> Herb Life? Was it Park Life? Park Life. This is going to be like... I hope they're all easy like that. Yeah. Um, Oasis hail from which UK city? London, Manchester or Glasgow? Manchester. This is too too Um, This is like when you get Doctor Who quizzes, which are meant for people who have only watched two episodes of Doctor Who ever and know about the TARDIS and the Daleks and that's it. Um, It's patronising. It's without Googling it. Come on, for goodness sake. What was the name of Suede's second studio album? Dogman Star, Man Bites Dog, Scatman Dog Crothers. Dogman Star, Scatman Crothers. Why are they? Dogman Star. Yeah, who's even doing these questions? Supergrass's first big hit saw them riding around on bicycles in the All right. Um, yeah. Hollywood director Steven Spielberg enjoyed it so much he offered to create a TV show about them. What was the track? All right. Deals, even Deals knows the answers to things. Which... Which frontman crashed the stage at the 1996 Brit Awards? Oh, blah, blah, blah. Michael Jackson, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Richard Ashcroft, Liam Gallagher, Jarvis Cocker. Jarvis Cocker. It's like Brit pop in easy stages. 
which former Blur member currently hosts the big festival on his farm in Oxfordshire, Alex James, Damon Alban, Alex Graham James. Cox. Yeah. Too easy, James. Complete the lyric from this 1994 dodgy track. Well, my goods turn bad, and it's just my luck that you're not on my side friendless radar. Oh, that's a, that's more difficult. Um, I don't know what side. Um, I'm not sure what song that's even from. Well, it's got to be good enough, isn't it? Is there anyone there? <laughs> um, question eight. What was the Verve's only number one hit single in the UK? Lucky Man, Bittersweet. Or was it Drugs Don't Work? I think it was Drugs Don't I think. Oh, uh, was it? It might have been yeah, you, you may be right. Yeah, you may be right. The Bittersweet Symphony might have been number two. Which Britpop heavyweights released new album Instant Pleasures in 2017? 16 years after their previous record. Shed 7. Uh-huh. The heavyweights. Fatties. <laughs> Either Echo Belly, Shed 7 or Sleeper. Yeah. Question 10. The relationship... You didn't between, buy it. <laughs> the relationship between the Gallagher brothers has been strained, to say the least. The whole thing came to a head when Liam allegedly launched which fruit at Noel during an argument? Tangerine, plum or banana? I'm not sure that's strict part of... Uh, I don't know that one. I might go for I guess it. banana. Uh, yeah, I don't think you'd have a tangerine. But tangerine's probably a bit highfalutin for members of Oasis. Um, oh, we've got nine out of ten deals. Um, we Our grade is champagne supernova. Um, <laughs> which one do we get wrong? Um, number one's right, number two's right. Dodgy lyric. It's either the lyric or the fruit, which is mm. number four is right, number five is right, number six is right, number seven is right. So we got the dodgy track I think we got the fruit wrong <laughs> so really I don't think we should be too we don't know Britpop we don't know which we don't know Britpop we don't know which fruit was chucked at what, um, the drugs don't work it's right uh, said someone's right it, oh, was, yeah, it, it was wrong well, what was it then say which one it was probably a tangerine because plums are really going to be beyond them I can't imagine them eating a plum okay let's try another one this is um, from the Guardian this one that, that other one was just from a website um Oh, we can't. Well, this is quite a lot of questions. We'll see how quickly we get through. What was the evening session? An album, a radio show, a pub, or a gig venue? It was a radio show. Yeah, show. Joe Wiley, Steve Lamack. Well, apparently, we can get we can get revealed immediately. Yes, we're right. Um, Justine Fishman was guitarist and lead vocalist in which band? Boo Radley's Blue Tone Salad Elastica. 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 Yes. Where was the Greyhound Stadium on the cover of Blur's Park Life? Walthamstow, Catford, Wimbledon or Romford, wasn't it? Walthamstow. That is right. Which of these was originally going to be on the cover of Park Life? An empty football pitch, an ice cream van, a fruit and vegetable cart, a climbing frame? Don't think I've ever heard what was supposed to... I think I'd guess an ice cream van, but because it's the most sort of... Well, well, unless a climbing frame... to link in with Park. I suppose you need an ice cream van in the park as well. I think ice cream van is the most photogenic. Mm. Oh, it was... A, well, neither of us were right. It was a fruit... Salad. It was a fruit and vegetable cart. Mm. I don't think I've ever heard that discussed. Which London street features on the cover of Oasis' What's the Story mm. Morning Glory? Abbey Road, Shaftesbury Avenue, Regent Street, or Berwick Street? Berwick Street. All those Berwick other ones are too famous. And it's not... It's, not, it's, a, it's a, just an ordinary street in Soho. Yes. 
which band was Noel Gallagher sound technician for before Oasis formed? Well, it was Spiral Carpets. The option is the Stranglers Spiral Carpets. or Spiral Carpets or Clint Boone experience. Clint Boone was in Spiral Carpets. Mm. Um, which band's frontman featured on the cover of Select's Yanks Go Home issue? Um, suede, heavy stereo, Oasis, or menswear? Suede? Because he's the only one that was kind of often got pictured without the rest of the band. Yeah, right. So you didn't, what city are Shed 7 from? York. Leeds, York. <laughs> Leeds is one of the suggestions. Leeds, Leeds, Liverpool, York. Hello. York, York City. Which London borough is the good mixer in? Camden, Lambeth, Camden, Hackney or Islington? At least we're only getting the ones wrong that like, nobody actually knew the answer. You know. um, what was the first Oasis single? Live Forever, Cigarettes and Alcohol. Shaker Maker or Supersonic? Either Shaker Maker or Supersonic. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't. Um, I think I'm going to say Shaker Maker, but I think it might be Supersonic. Yes, it was Supersonic. <laughs> Deals. Why didn't you persist? Mm-hmm. I think Shaker Maker might be the one I bought, the first one I bought. But I think there'd been one before that. I mean, they weren't at a high place those first couple of anyway. Which member of Blur has a regular column in the Sun? Damon Auburn, Graham Coxon, Alex James, Dave Roundtree. I'd say Alex James, but yeah. I just said... He was Alex James. No, Alex James is more popularist. How many studio albums have... Well, this... this don't know when this one comes from. When does this, oh, this is 2014, so we have to take that into consideration. How many studio albums have Suede released? Four, five, six, or seven? Well, that... So, I think we need to take at least one off the list. Mm. How many did they do in their original one? They did the first album, Dogman Star... Coming up, the um, the one with the one after that, and then the last one that wasn't that popular. So there's at least five, and I think, and then I think they've done one more. So I'll say six, but I think they, they probably have done seven now. But in 2014, mm. they hadn't. Night games, it was called. Yeah, if they say five, it's because they're not counting the newer ones. Six is right. I think it, it would be seven now, though, because they've definitely done two albums. Who is credited with coining the term Britpop? Joe Wiley, Steve Lamar, Andrew Collins, or Stuart McConey? It's one of those two. Last two, isn't it? Stuart McConey? Was it in The Enemy or The Manager Maker? Yes, it was Stuart McConey. Who stars in the video for Pulp's Common People? Sadie Frost. Yes. yes. The other suggestions are Sandy Shaw, Ellen Cranshaw, or, oh, yes. Man- or Shirley Manson. I don't even know who Ellen Cranshaw is. <laughs> um, who who stars in the video for Sleepers in Betweener? Bruce Forsyth, Henry Kelly, Roy Walker, or Dale Winton? Dale Winton. Dale Winton. Who is the singer in Jean? Martin Rossiter. Yeah. Suggestions are Marjorie. I mean, sorry, <laughs> that's what I, the singer from the singer from Salad is. How do you even pronounce her first name? Oh, it's Marina, isn't it? Is she Dutch? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like Marina van Vandervloot, um, Martin Rossiter, Lauren Laverne, Jem Archer. It's definitely Martin Rossiter. Which of these bands didn't support Oasis at Nebworth in 1996? Happy Mondays, The Chemical Brothers, Manic Street Preachers, or The Prodigy? I can't imagine Manic, Manic Street Preachers. Preachers. <clears throat> uh, Happy Mondays was sort of probably in one of their reforms by then. Oh, Manic Street Preachers did. Happy, it, was happy Monday. it was probably too early for for Happy Mondays because they were still, perhaps they were still doing Black Grape. 
I just in the name of my pictures didn't read like any. Um, and they were pretty and they were pretty big themselves in '96. Um, because they had they had they were in their sort of well, black grape. No, Manic Street Preachers were everything must, must everything must go was everything must go. And then the and the after album after that they had number one singles on. Anyway. Where was the video for the Boo Radley's Wake Up Boo film? A North Sea oil rig, Carnarvon Castle, Majesty Power Station, or Chris Evans's kitchen? I don't remember the video for, for Wake Up. No, the kitchen sounds plausible. No, it was Majesty Power Station. So when it was all ruined, everyone, everyone comes there. Who was the lead vocalist in Echo Belly? Debbie Smith, Alex Kaiser, Beth Gibbons, or Sonia Madden? Sonia Madden. Sonia Madden. Um, Beth Gibbons was from. Porter's head. Debbie Smith was also De- in Echo Bay. Echo Bay, yeah. I don't know who Alec Geyser is. Oh, Ke- no, sorry. Alec Keezer. I don't know who he is. Guess Sonia Madden is right. Who was the bassist in Supergrass? Mickey, Mick, well. Mick Mickey Dolenz. Mick Quinn. <laughs> um, Danny Goffey, Paul Jones, or Rob Coons. Um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not very good at bassists. I think it was I mean, Quinny. <laughs> yeah. Danny Goffey was the drummer. Goffey was the drummer, yeah. Rob C- Bob Coombs, he was the brother of Gaz Coombs, who's a singer. He, um, and Paul Jones is my friend. My friend. Paul. They only had three at the beginning, didn't they? And about properly in the band. Didn't yeah. They? I mean, there were lots of Paul Joneses, as well as my friend Paul Jones. There's also Paul Jones, who's in. Manfred Mann. Manfred Mann, yeah. Uh, yes, Nick Quinn is, what, is right. What was the first track on Supergrass's I Should Coco? All right. And Size Rooster, Caught by the Fuzz, I'd like to know. Uh, I think it was Caught by the Fuzz, wasn't it? Or was it I'd Like to? I think it was I'd Like to Know, actually. Mm. And then Caught by the Fuzz was the second track. Mm. You're right, it is I'd Like to Know. Is it? I thought it was the strange one. The, uh, the strange one. And they all kind of go into each yeah. other, don't they, all those tracks? <laughs> I haven't listened to them for a long time. Who dubbed Ian Brown King Monkey? Nigel Clark from Dodgy, Johnny X from Knicky, Danny Goffey from Supergrass, or Alan Leach from Shed 7? Leachy. Difficult because when was he? When was he? In that case, he must have been dubbed King Monkey a lot, like when they came back, because none of of those people were were around when Stone Roses were first famous. Uh, Oh, it was Nigel Clark from Dodgy. Maybe, uh, maybe they were around in the background. (laughs) Um, Which sleeper song was used on the soundtrack to Train Spotting? Nice Guy, Eddie, Statuesque. Vegas or Swallow, I thought it was their cover of Atomic by um, Blondie, but um, maybe Vegas. Nice guy, Eddie. I'll go nice guy, Eddie, if I had to guess. You had that soundtrack album. <coughs> I did, which is why I didn't think any of those songs were on the soundtrack to Transporting. I thought it was another one. It was only about 31 minutes long. It was statuesque. So any, any of those. Um, what was the name of Me, Me, Me's first and only single? Oh, there you go. Hanging around. Hollywood Boys, Hanging Around, around. Tabitha's Island, and or Watch Out. Um, me, Me, Me was Alex James from Blur and Stephen Tintin Duffy, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. I listened to it again quite recently. How old was Jarvis Cocker when he first formed Pulp? 13, 15, 18, or 22? Uh, that's difficult. Cause you... 18. Yeah, I mean, could even have been 22, but go for 18. Oh, 15. Oh, 
the thing is, I mean, it just go back to like 78. But, uh, um, if I was Nick, I would know exactly how Jarvis Cockrell was. Because uh, I would know exactly when his... Well, I don't think Nick would know when Jarvis Cockrell was born. But you know what it's like. With He can remember people's birth, date of birth. Um, Pearl Lowe was singer in which band? I know the answer to this. Salad, Younger, Younger, 28. Marion, Powder. It was Powder because... Powder get powder ended up in that Britpop, like that thing that they did in the t- at the time of Britpop. They were they were one of the people, one of one of the bands to do with Britpop, which were never famous and never had a top forty hit. I don't think I don't think they ever. Did. I would, I did see them. I saw them live. The only reason they're well known really is that Paolo was Danny Goffey's wife, I think. Mm. Um, so, but I think yeah, the, I recognise her name. Yeah. She's written books about Britpop, and and I think. People who don't know much about Britpop tend to think, oh, she was a big mover and shaker in Britpop. But, well, maybe she was behind the scenes, but she wasn't as far as charts were concerned. The Blue Tones song Marblehead Johnson was a tribute to which comedian? Bill Hicks, Lenny Bruce, Richard Pryor, or Sam Kiniston? Kiniston? I don't think I'd know that. I don't think I knew it was. I mean, I guess Bill Hicks, the sort of person that get. Yes, it was. Bill Hicks. was famous around then. Uh, who was, was it him? Who was? Who the one was? that died. He's quite young, really, when he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that R.E.M. song about Man on the Moon? That was, was that Bill Hicks as well? Was that somebody else? Uh, uh, that, well, that was on a film to do with <laughs> Or to do with uh, a comedian. Uh, uh, Charlie Kaufman? Oh, uh, yeah. Or Andy Kaufman. <laughs> Andy Kaufman, yes. <laughs> Charlie Kaufman is a, is, a, is a person as well, I think, isn't he? Isn't he a film director or writer? He do... Mm. He do being John Malkovich, I'm, I might be wrong. If it's wrong, I shall cut it all out. How many people turned up to see Blur Marlend Stadium in 1995? 15,000, 23,000, 27,000, or 32,000? You, you might know. Billy knows. Well, I don't even know what, how big. I don't oh, know big what, yawn. I don't even know what sort of amount of people stadiums hold. You might know from your football knowledge. Well, I'm not sure it's a particularly big stadium. I'm guessing if it had people standing in the infield, it's not like a an all-seated stadium or anything like that. So we've, what's the lowest number there? 15,000. Yeah, 15,000. I remember it happening. Oh, no, it was 27. Um, yeah, nearly right. Got two more of this one. Which band nearly heralded their post-Britpop comeback with Cocaine Socialism, a song about New Labour? That was um, a Pulp, Blur Pulp, or oh, it's just menswear. I don't think they've gone away. I feel that was like a B-side of one, like perhaps their last album or something. Um, who directed the film Live Forever, The Rise and Fall of Britpop? John Dower, Frank Rodham, John Batek, or Alex James? I don't think it was Alex James. I don't know those other people. I've never heard of him. Maybe you should say it's Alex James. They don't know who he is. John Dower, whoever he was. Oh, we got 20 out of 30. It's, just, it's a terrific score. <laughs> he says you know pretty much everything there is to know about Britpop. Except for like facts, like figures about how many people were in the stadium. Uh, let's see. How many questions are on this one? Um, this is Radio 2. This is probably too easy. Radio 2. How many questions is it going to be? I get involved in some massive. Well, let's just start it. So. Oh, 10. Okay. 
it was a contest of the Battle of Britpop, but which single topped the UK singles chart in 1995? Country House. Country House or or well, yes, Country House. It says Blur's Country House won out selling 2007 no 274,000 copies to roll with its 216,000. Even though Country House wasn't a very good song. No, no, well, well with it isn't that good either, though. Never mind. Uh, which album cover featured a photo of guests at a wedding? Be Here Now, Dogman Star, The Charlatans, Telling Stories, or Pulp Different Class? Well, I'd say Pulp Different oh, Class. Yeah. Even though there wasn't, well, there were loads of covers for Pulp Different Class. Because, uh, well, in the original release of it, you had different cars, you could choose what cover you used. But a wedding was one of them. So, you might say that. Um, the wed- yes, the wedding photo belongs to Pulp's different class, which turns 25 this year. And was that? Is that right? Is this a current one? Current quiz? It's about... It's about 20... No. No. It's 1995 it came out. Um, so this is, this is a year or two old, this quiz. The wedding photo belongs to Pulp's different class, which, yes. It features classics. Yes, we don't need to know what tracks are on it, for goodness sake. I thought you might have something useful to tell us. Which of these Britpop singles was used as switchboard hold music for NASA? Disco 2000 by Pulp, Tap 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 Bar by Cooler Shaker, Girl from Mars by Ash, or Wake Up Boo by the Boo Radleys. None of those sound like... Why would NASA play any of those hmm. songs? They're all very British songs. Girl from Mars, well, it's got a space theme. In it. Yeah, that sounds silly though. Maybe right, Cooler Shaker, Shaker, that was a hit. Which do you, you want to say? I'm tempted to say Cooler I'll, I'll go for the Ash. <laughs> Oh, I think that's too much of a pun. But you're correct. Um, it was Ashes Girls from Mars. Frontman Tim Wheeler claimed their 1995 single was being used by NASA in a 2016 interview with publication Louder Sound. Oh, it's only him saying it. It could be that he was, it could be that he was teasing. Uh, Elastica's Justin Fishman retired from music to become what? A painter, a radio presenter, a pilot, a teacher? A painter, I think. Mm. I mean, I think she has presented documentaries, but correct. She became a painter. Fishman began exhibiting her artwork in 2013, though she helped produce songs for the musician MIA's 2003 debut album, Aruga. Aruga. Aruga deals. Um, Who is widely credited with coining the term Britpop? Had this one before. Zoe Ball, Zoe, Zoe Ball, Tony McHoney, or Johnny Marr. Johnny Marr wouldn't <laughs> have done that. Although the term is believed to have existed prior to the 90s, BBC Radio 6 music DJ Stuart McHoney is credited with using Britpop first in a 1993 feature for, for Select. Which Britpop band did Louise Wiener front sleeper? It also suggests St. Etienne, Echo Belly, or Catatonia. London group Sleeper, fronted by Wiener, released three albums in the 90s and a comeback LP, The Modern Age, in 2019. Mm. So it's not too old, this Who narrates the vocals on Blur's single Park Life? Uh, Ray Winston, Vinnie Jones, Phil Daniels, Danny Dyer. Phil, Phil Daniels. Phil Daniels. Danny Dyer wasn't even thought of back then. He wasn't even born. He wasn't even born, Dios. Um, it was, of course, the actor Phil Daniels whose monologue takes centre stage on the 1994 single. It reportedly took just 40 minutes to record his vocal take. All it doesn't say is the reason that he was doing it, which I'm sure was to do with the fact that he was in Quadrophenia, which, which was a mod 
film in the late seventies, and Blur was sort of muddy, the muddy version of the nineties, weren't they, dear? That's the sort of extra information. Which band is responsible for these lyrics? Things are getting strange. I'm starting to worry. This could be a case of Mulder and Scully. That's Catatonia. What's Catatonia? There's the verb Catatonia, Echo Belly, or Supergrass. Catatonia, Dios. Oh, Dios. We're doing what it was Catatonia, fronted by Keris Matthews. The single Mulder and Scully was named after the two main characters from TV show The X Files. Where was the photograph taken for Oasis's iconic Definitely Maybe cover? That's the first out of, yes, because the other question was the other one. Um, Frontman Liam Gallagher's house, Gary Lineker's house, photographer Michael Spencer Jones's house, guitarist Bonehead's house. It's quite posh, the house. Mm. Seems they only just started. Makes you wonder. Not Gary Lineker's house. Makes you wonder if it was the photographer's house because. Mm, would, they yeah. afford, would they have afforded a nice house like that when they were barely starting? Oh, it's wrong. Where was it? Oh, Bonehead's house. I, yeah, the photo was taken in co-founder and guitarist Bonehead's house. He owned the Pink Flamingo and a photograph of George Best that both appear on the cover. Well, they lived in quite nice houses considering maybe they got a maybe they got a um, uh, an advance by that point. Um, last question. Uh, and finally, which album did Suede win a Mercury Prize for? Coming up, Suede, Dogman Star, or Head Music? Uh, Suede, because it was the first one. I thought it was... Was it? Yes, it was. I thought it was coming up. <laughs> well, they might have won lots of things for that album as well, but we've still got a couple more things to do. The answer is the 1993 self-titled LP. It beat albums by PJ Harvey, Sting, and East 17. East 17? East 17. You know, <laughs> can't imagine their album being good enough to be recommended for for Mercury Award. I think that was the first year of the Mercury Award. Um, I think you might be right. Yeah, it just says 9 out of 10, live forever. Well, thank you very much. What else have we got? Oh, we got, what's that one? Britpop, one by the Express. That's probably very, probably very basic. <laughs> Let's skip that one. Yeah, I think there's too many adverts on that one. We'll skip that one. Um, oh, I like the adverts. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we've got to do these two because because you're good with his lyrics. That's how many. His lyrics. I hope not too many. And then the last one we have to do is which Britpop band are we? So um, we have to do that. So they're not quite the same. Not quite quizzy. Quite the same sort of quiz. Okay. These are lyrics. What did the protagonist in Pulp's Common People study at St. Martin's College? Was it architecture, painting, or sculpture? Shit. Sculpture, isn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to think when it mentions it. It's St. Martin's College. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't remember when it mentions what she did. I remember she had a, fir- a thirst for knowledge, but uh, it binds with college. We can go for scripture. Not scripture, sculpture. <laughs> yes, it's correct. Famous opening lyrics. She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture in St. Martin's it's College. St. Martin's College, yeah. yeah I don't you listen to that track sometime. Uh, never heard of them. Uh, is that um, the first line of Girls and Boys is Girls Who Are Boys. What's the second line? Who do girls like their boys? Who like boys to be girls? Uh, or who do uh, go, who do boys like their girls? Do be girls like their boys? Which one? Who do girls like their boys? Who like boys to be girls? <laughs> That's not that one. Who do boys like their who do boys like their girls? Is it the first one? Some of the some points you don't necessarily properly hear. Girls who like boys, who like girls, to be boys. That one. 
Well, that's not even an option. It's who do you bo- uh, who do you boys like? That's the way I've always sung it. So, which one do you think it is? I can't remember. Um, <laughs> I think it's you choose. You're the big blur fan. Girls who are boys. Who do girls like their boys? No. Who, who like boys? Who do boys like their girls? Maybe that. Maybe that one. Yeah, you sound like you're singing the song. Oh, yeah. uh, it's wrong. It's who likes who like boys to be girls. That's what I said. Well, I asked you what you said. <laughs> um, it's always very confusing. Streets boys. like a jungle. Always should be someone they really love. What are the opening lines of Elastica's connection? Riding on anything, anything's good enough. Riding on any wave, that is the luck you crave. Riding on nothing, they don't believe it now. I think two of those are lyrics in the song, for sure. Mm. I think maybe riding on anything, anything's good enough. I don't remember riding on any wave. Should we go for the first one? Doesn't sound like the very first line, though. Is it the very first line? Yeah, what is? what do you think is the first line? I'm going to look it up on Google. No, you can't. Deals. Riding on any wave, that is the luck you pray. Riding on nothing, then it, leave it now. Riding on anything, anything's good to know. That is definitely a line. I'm going to go for that one. It's riding on any wave. Yes, it is. Choose soon enough. Um, in all right, Supergrass ask, are we like you? I can't be sure of the scene as she turns. Uh, and then what? Keep our teeth nice and clean. Can't go mad. Ain't got time. We are strange in our worlds. Yeah, that's it. Yes. What's the final line of Oasis? Don't look back in anger. At least not today. I heard you say my soul slides away. I heard you say, wasn't it? Um, or was it if not today? If <laughs> not today. It's not today. Don't look back in anger. Don't look back in anger. I heard you say at least not today. Our deals. What do you think? Next. What caused Tom York to sing? I bet you think that's pretty clever, don't you, boy? At the beginning of Radiohead's High and Dry, flying on your motorcycle, you broke another mirror. Two jumps in a week. Two jumps in a week. That's correct. What's the next line after? What's the next line after? We don't talk about love. We only want to get drunk. In the Manic Street Preachers, are designed for life. And we are not allowed to spend, as we are told that this is the end. I wish I had a bottle. We are not allowed. To, we are not allowed to spend. That's correct. Uh, we've got to number two in 1996. Deals. Fill in the missing word from this line in the second verse of the verse "Bittersweet Symphony." I need to hear some sounds that recognise the bleep in me. Yeah, is it the pain, the feeling, or the anger? No, but I'm not good at lyrics, Deals. I even get the. The melody. Boop, 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 boop. I know that bit. <laughs> England football. <isn't> it? <laughs> I, I get sued by the Rolling Stones for that careful deal. It's just a bittersweet symphony on ITV. That's what I was saying. I sing to that. Feeling. Uh, I need to hear some sounds that recognise the feeling in me. Let's go for that. It's wrong. It's pain. Apparently it's, well, I never pray, but tonight I'm on my knees. Yeah, I need to hear some sounds that recognise the pain in me. Yeah, I let the melody shine. Let it cleanse my mind. I feel free now, but the airwaves are clean and there's nobody singing to me now. I could say I'd never heard any of that. I obviously don't listen to the lyrics of that song. I don't think it's a particular favourite. Sorry. 
Ocean Colour Scenes, the Riverboat song, was used on TFI Friday when Chris Evans introduced guests. How does it start? I see trouble up ahead. I think it's yeah, yeah. trouble. Yeah. I see trouble up ahead. I see double up ahead. No, that makes no sense. I see rubble up ahead. That makes no sense either. They've given up now. They've got to question nine, and they're like, oh, just put anything. Oh, well, apparently it's I see double up ahead, but it always sounded like trouble. It makes more sense. Mm. What does that mean? Are you the use of the song of TFI Find Friday? Oh, it just says it out of the top ten. But I see double up ahead. This makes sense. No wonder we thought it was. Well, it gives the percentage of people that voted. It says most people go for that. That's mm. what people thought it said. Last question. And finally, uh, complete the chorus on the Boo Radley's hit, Wake Up Boo. Wake up, it's a beautiful morning. The sun's shining for your eyes. Wake up, it's so beautiful. Mm. Get out of bed because time flies. For what could be the only, for what could be the very last time? This is the day that you'll win a prize. One for what could be the very last time? Well, that's I think I kind of missed when you started doing it. Yeah, get out of bed because time flies. For what could be the very last time? That's definitely a line in the song. This is the day that you'll win a prize. I don't know if it fits in. Let's, let's do the one that I know is definitely a line. And that's, that's right. It's the only top 10 hit, deals. It says we got 5 out of 10. That's not bad. You did all right, it says. Right, to finish off, let's find out what Britpop band we are. This is quite recent. This is relatively recent. Oh, it's just four questions. That's good. Uh, you are Echo Valley. Not sure how many bands they've even asked. They mentioned, they mentioned Oasis, Blur, Suede, Pulp, Elastica, and Echo Belly. Oh, that's the only. So maybe, maybe there are, maybe there are more. So let's see. Let's start. Answer these four questions to find out. Oh, choose a color. Red, purple, black, or blue. The blue is nice. That's a nice blue. Blue. It's that nice blue I like. A good band. Describe your perfect night out. Here we go. Getting the drinks in round the local before ending up in a fist fight. I don't think that's I don't think that's anything something we've ever done. We're gonna get the blue tones. Off to the local boozer before an all night house. Off to the local boozer before well I have done that. That's something I have done. Getting lost somewhere in a field in Hampshire. I don't think we've ever got lost in a field in Hampshire, although we do live quite close to Hampshire. A quiet gathering, drinking red wine and reading literature. I mean, that's probably what we did when we were older, but not in the bit pop days. I think mm. I think the second one because the second one. I definitely went to a local boozer and then came home and found there was a house party. That the, oh yeah, like, yeah. The most drunk ever. So where did you live in your twenties? A flat above a shop, a council estate up north, student halls. An upmarket squat or commune. All um, four of them. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I think that house I lived in Camberley was the yeah, squat. That last one. That it was an upmarket. Well, it wasn't a squat or commune, but I never lived in student halls. I didn't live in a council estate. I did live up north. A flat above a shop. I never lived in a flat above. You never lived up north. I lived in the Midlands. Choose the footwear. Oh well, this is. I'm sorry, this is mostly me, but. Choose the footwear that most speaks to you: Converse, Brogues, Chelsea boots, or Adidas. Chelsea boots. <laughs> you never want a pair of Chelsea boots. It's got to be Converse, although not in the not in the bit probably a bit one. Okay, let's see what band we are. Although it's if you hate it, it's more my fault. Who's this? I see the bottom half. Ah, your blur. You live your life with a healthy sense of irony and a whole lot of humour. We could have done. We could do worse. Done not worse deals. 
Yeah. What were the other options? Well, Oasis Blur, Suede, Pulp, Elastic, and Echo Belly were mentioned. I don't know if there were others beyond that. Um, this is just Radio Radio X. I don't know how you could have got different bands for the only four questions. Oh, <laughs> Six bands. Dios, what do you think? Dios, you're happy being Blur, aren't you? Yeah, I was, I was very much. I was thinking to Blur. Well, you were, you were born. that's about all we've got time for um i hope you enjoyed the episode it was nice going back and uh, I, I think one of the reasons i wanted to do this episode was that i um just before i, I was about to speak to callum because we, we speak about every fortnight on zoom now he doesn't live here and uh, uh the bbc has been repeating episodes of top of the pops um and i've you know i mean originally that was one of the influences that i started talking about music um, on the show a few years back uh, we started with the sort of mid 80s because that was the episodes they were repeating well they're now um, into the well they're into late 92 93 um, and uh, and I'm not watching it every week because it's weird I in, in some ways I, I like watching the episodes that I'd never seen before so the early 80s episodes which I knew the music of but I would have been too young probably to have watched um the, the the late 80s, early 90s, uh, although there's a lot of stuff I like there, there's also a lot of stuff I'm not so interested in. So I haven't been watching every episode, but I always watch the documentary they put out. And for some reason, they got to the stage where, uh, perhaps when it got to around like 91, 92, well, I don't know if it was because of the pandemic, but they didn't have the documentaries at the start of the season. Uh, and I was a bit sad about that. But then suddenly, uh, they start, suddenly a month or two ago, they announced that they were going to, show those documentaries for those years and i thought it was just going to be for the years that they were um you know that they'd missed and where they were at and where they were at now but as it happened uh, that they well i don't even know how many documentaries they've done i don't know if they've done the whole 90s but um they went they went beyond the point that they're showing and they did 93 they did 94 i, I believe there's 95 to come there'll probably be more by the time i release this episode but um Anyway, I watched the 94 one, and that's where you kind of realise, gosh, how many um, Britpop bands were popping up, and people like Oasis and Blur were having um, sort of top ten hits, and um, other bands like Elastica. Apparently, one of their songs, uh, I think Connection, is is the biggest Britpop song of all time in America. It, it was the, the song from that era that um, charted the highest. I, I'm not sure. I ought to check that out, I suppose. So anyway, I enjoyed watching that documentary. And uh, and I, I just thought, well, in that case, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, uh, t- I'm going to do quizzes with Callum about Britpop. And and then as I was doing that, I thought, oh, well, we might as well talk about it. And, and then I thought I ought to talk to Harry about it. And uh, um, it, although he didn't go to gigs that often, and uh, there were certainly a lot of Britpop songs that uh, I sort of introduced him to that... Uh, he was quite keen on at the time so 
anyway, um, that is all we've got time for. We've got plenty of episodes in the can. So uh, we'll be back soon. Thanks for joining us. And you take care. Okay, bye for now. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. was a, a fantastic time for music it was it was um and i don't know i suppose if you sort of go back to the a lot of a lot of bit pop bands in a way harked back to a 60s or 70s sound but then updated it to the 90s and uh you know if you think of a time in you know the 60s say where you've got lots of bands like the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, Kinks, um, Hollies, I don't know, all, all those sorts of bands. And, uh, you know, in a way, some of those bands are, are inspiration to the, the Britpop bands. I mean, Blur definitely had a hint of the Kinks and Oasis definitely um, favoured sort of later 60s Beatles songs. And, uh, yeah, I suppose when we looked at the 60s, like Martin and I, you'd note that um, there was you know, those type of songs, that, um, a lot of those songs that have remained, and yet there was quite a lot of easy listening stuff amongst it. And someone like Frank Sinatra would, would pop up, or um, even though the general sound of the era was, was more sort of rocky or, um, well, whatever you'd call the Beatles and the Stones. I mean, I guess you'd, you would call them rock, but they were, they were also pop. Um, it's it's it's, a diff- it's difficult to pinpoint what these words really mean. I think they probably mean different things to different people. And some people are very, um, you know, oh, that, that's not rock, that's pop, or that's not pop, that's rock, or that, oh, you can't dare say that, you know. Some people get very funny about it, whereas because I like both, it all kind of merges into one. It's just music, 20th century music or 21st century music. Um, but, Paul, what was your point? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Well, I was going to say... <laughs> Uh, in the mid-90s, when you were getting a lot of these Britpop bands, you were still getting things like Wigfield doing um, Saturday Night, or um, you, you did get sort of really poppy or dancey things that kind of sat side by side. Or, or you'd have Wet 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 doing, I don't know, um, that song from um, uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, or Brian Adams doing like being at number one for 700 weeks, or, or Whitney Houston doing I Will Always Love You. or You know, you did get... You did get stuff, probably a lot of it from America, sort of sitting side by side, uh, or dance stuff from Europe sitting side by side with um, what I guess people my age or younger might mean. Graham's eight and a half years younger than me, but he he loved Blur. Well, he loved a lot of these bands. He he loved Britpop too. Uh, I don't know whether he would have done because he was only about ten, I suppose, just just over ten when when a lot of those bands started being big, um, would he have been exposed to it as much if I hadn't have been there? Mm, not sure. He wouldn't have had the pocket money to have bought the records, maybe. But, uh, yeah, um, it probably did help that I was there because I had copies of stuff. 
because you know I was a student to start with, but then I was um, like earning money and uh, yeah. Paul, I can hear the theme music. You're going to have to shut up now. Cup of tea. I'm sorry, Paul. I'm sorry. I just heard the theme music. It, it stressed me out. It's okay. It's okay. Um, yes, we do have to go. All right. Bye for now. Goodbye. Goodbye. It's been good, but yeah, definitely time to come home now. Wow. Really? No kidding. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. <laughs> What's going on now? Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Let's go. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. I used to go to a lot of gigs back in those days. Yes, yes. I'm surprised we didn't bump into each other, Paul. Ah, uh, well, um, I guess, I mean, I was in Birmingham until, well, 95, 96. I went to things in, in Birmingham, shows in Birmingham. I saw Supergrass in Birmingham. I saw Pulp in Birmingham. I saw Garbage in Wolverhampton. Oh, yes, I, I wasn't in Birmingham, so, uh, yeah, perhaps I went to London gigs when you went to Birmingham gigs. Yeah, and then, of course, when I moved down here and I started going to gigs with Callum, that was sort of um, sometimes in London, but sometimes in, uh, like, Guildford or, or Aldershot occasionally. Um, you know, smaller bands usually in, in Aldershot. But, uh, oh, yes, well, oh, I guess well, we, we, we probably could compare notes or probably I'd probably compare notes with Callum because I know you you can't remember specifics like that. I'm afraid I can't. Although Sutton Park uh, does help because I've sort of got a few things preserved um, on episodes of Sutton Park that I would otherwise have forgotten. Oh, yes, it's very good, that, isn't it? It's very helpful. But, uh, yeah, we might have been at gigs and not realised it. Stupid, really. Uh, Silly, we weren't more in touch back then. Uh, Yes, yes. Oh, those were good times, Paul. (laughs) They were good times, but... I still had more fun in the noughties, probably, than I did in the 90s. Although, yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, the 90s were good, too. Um, yes, the 2010s, not so good. 2010s, a bit mm, so-so, but, you know, I was having health problems in the 2010s. And, uh, yeah, well, we started the podcast in the 2010s, so that was definitely a good part of that decade. Yes, 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 of course, and... Yes, we, we we got closer, Paul. You and I, we, we got closer. We we did. And you were able to, uh, you know, uh, repair your bond, you know, you and Cromarty. Yes, that's true. Yes, lots of good things, you see, happened in the 2010s, actually, when you think about it. But the, the music, not quite as... Well, uh, there are lots of good songs, but they're more hidden away. They weren't like the top ten songs, necessarily. Yes, that's right, Paul. Yes, there's a lot of good music out there still. As you say, it's just not in the charts. It's uh, it's quite bizarre, really, isn't it? 
it kind of is, yes, because, yeah, so many good songs. I mean, I've been giving playlists and things. These songs, you know, at some other time, they could have been big hits, but uh, well, I guess it's nice to know it's there. It's just that, you know... I know, Paul, I know. Oh, dear. Well, I suppose we better go. Oh, I shall go and listen to my Best of Britpop CD. Best of Britpop. Dear, oh, dear. It's Uncle John. You need to be playing the, the albums. You know, the album tracks. They're some of the best tracks. And B-sides. Oh, oh yes, Paul. You, maybe you need to do me a compilation just to remind me of some of those hidden tracks. Yes, I think I must. I better do. We better go. Yes, Paul, let's go. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. It's a shame Eek's not here to, to sing us some bit pop. I think um, it's probably best to leave it. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. you probably forget all the words. Yeah, and the tune. Uh, the tune, yes, yes. I heard that, guys. I heard it. I heard you say that. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, uh, come away, Eek, come away. Oh, we didn't mean to be mean. We're just kind of telling the truth, to be honest. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much, and um, thank you for doing all the quizzes as well, I just have to say. Oh, I love it. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> thank you, Lily. Thank you, dear. Yeah, thank you for doing those quizzes, too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. This is just the weirdest thing I've ever heard. So uh, we'll be back soon. Thanks for joining us, and uh, you uh, and you take care. Okay, bye for now. <laughs>